as we get to the message tonight, uh, this is going to, for me, tie back into a few weeks ago when I spoke a message on the necessity of prayer. Why is it important to pray? And I want to do sort of a part two on that, and I want to zero in on a particular area of prayer that is probably one of the more neglected areas, but as far as its effect against the enemy, and as far as its effect in building the kingdom of God, it's one of the most impactful, uh, it's one of the most lethal against the enemy's kingdom. And so I just want to, uh, you, you know, uh, lay out some things about this area of prayer, and I'll talk more about that in a minute. But let me just tie us back in. So we, we spoke several weeks back about the, the necessity to, to pray, why pray, and I just want to tie us in a couple of quotes and a couple of key things that we said last time, just so we can kind of get back in that that frame of mind as we talk about the topic tonight. So, you, you know, John Wesley really summarized what we looked at. God does nothing on earth save in answer to believing prayer. You know, so this, this mandate, this mission that God has given us uh, to be his hands, his feet, his voice, his heart, it's through prayer that the ground is broken up. It's through prayer that the way is paved for his kingdom to advance. You know, and the real question that we looked at was, does a sovereign, all-powerful God need our involvement or not? Is prayer necessary or just uh, encouraged, you know? And if so, why? Uh, again, another fantastic quote from a, a great man of God from, from Times Pastor, E.M. Bounds. He said, God shapes the world by prayer. The more praying there is in the world, the better the world will be, the mightier the force against evil. Uh, the prayers of God's saints are the capital stock of heaven by which God carries on his great work upon the earth. Man, that, that's, that's such a, a heavy statement. God conditions the very life and prosperity of his cause on prayer. So if we agree and, and, and we understand that, then it's going to cause us to do more of, well, let's, let's call it what it is, the work of prayer. Amen? Prayer is work, right? It's not easy. It's not microwave. It's not quick fix. Uh, although sometimes when we cry out prayers in desperation, God comes and does some quick fixes, right? Um, but, but certainly this understanding that God works on earth through our prayers, that'll begin to work prayer into our lives in greater and greater ways. And so we acknowledged in this message a few weeks back that God works through the prayers of his people. And, and here's just a couple more thoughts that just bring us back into this uh, Wow, the opportunity of prayer that we have. God chose from the time of creation to work on earth through humans, not independent of them. Through them, not independent of them. He always has and always will, even at the cost of becoming one. And then, so going back to this picture of God's sovereignty, although God is sovereign and all-powerful, Scripture clearly teaches us that God limited himself concerning the affairs of the earth to work through human beings. And again, if you weren't here for the message, we unfolded this, you know, Scripture by Scripture. We looked at several examples, you know, this was, uh, you know, in-depth, but I'm just trying to bring us back to the point of it so we can move into tonight. So we see it in Scripture. And of course, then the implications of this lesson are staggering. If God doesn't want the earth in the shape that it's in right now, then one of two things is true. Uh, here's the first option. God is powerless to do anything about it. Nobody in this room believes that. Amen? 
right? Then what's the second option? He needs and is waiting on uh, something from us to bring about God's will, to bring about the change that God wants in the earth. Come on, can you say amen? Isn't that a great challenge for us to rise up? How many people say there couldn't be a God with all the mess there is in on the earth? And, and the Bible really lays it out and makes it clear, you know, that, that we as his people, it's part of the reason we are to go and preach the gospel, wow, to every creature, it says. It doesn't even stop at go tell every person. It says just preach to all of creation, you know, that, that the, the Savior came. And Peter Wagner, uh, he said this, we must understand that our sovereign God has for his own reasons so designed this world, this world that much of what is truly his will uh, he makes contingent on the attitudes and actions of human beings. He allows humans to make decisions that can influence history. Now here, uh, th- this, if, if this doesn't sober us, human inaction does not nullify the atonement of Christ, but human inaction can make the atonement ineffective for lost people. The, in, the inaction of God's people can make what Jesus did on the cross ineffective for lost people. And that's actually uh, moving us into what I want to get into tonight. I want to talk tonight about the privilege and the ministry and the prayer opportunity of intercession. You know, I mean, if, if the word means what it says... And, and, you know, what Peter Wagner is, is laying out here is coming out of all the Bible study that we, that we looked at in this last message. So then it tells us we have this privilege and this responsibility, uh, that, and it can elevate our hearts to a new pos- position of uh, working as a team with our Heavenly Father, knowing that He has called us to this great ministry of prayer. You know, there was an, another uh, famous person uh, of God from history that said something like, um, we can do no real work before we've prayed because the first real work is prayer. You know, and understanding that prayer is what breaks up the ground. And, you know, part of the reason to go back to these kinds of messages and these kinds of truths is that they will fuel our faith when we do engage in those times and those seasons of prayer. You know, whether it's on our own in our our devotion time with our families, whether it's our Sunday night prayer time, any of the other times of prayer that we have. So so let's move in now to this this prayer of intercession, this area of intercession. And uh, I've gleaned so much from Dick Eastman uh, from Every Home for Christ. And uh, he wrote a book called The Practical Prayer Life. And he took about a, a dozen different aspects of biblical prayer and really broke them down into practical understanding. So leaning into some of the things that, that he has shared and springboarding off that uh, for us to understand intercession. And then we're actually, uh, the next time I share, I want to do one more uh, message on intercession, but I want to look at it from a different angle, from, from a specific portion of scripture. And the way I'm looking at it is, is we together, we're fueling a vision, we're fueling our faith, and we're filling our toolbox so that when we go to pray, you know, I am not a handy guy with my hands, you know, uh, like as far as fixing things, as far as using tools in the natural, you know, as a matter of fact, a lot of times if it's anything beyond like hanging a picture, if I'm real crazy, I'll, I'll go for the, the toilet paper roll thing, you know, beyond that, it's I, I got to call for outside help, but I can't tell you how many times I'll be working on something to frustration and then I'll call somebody who is handy and man, all it is is they had the tool. 
And they walked in and they had the right tool. And it's like, all right, that, that made that job a whole lot easier. You know, so we want to look at this, uh, this the, the, some tools that can be available to us uh, to be able to stand in intercession. So, so let's talk first and foremost, what is intercession? Well, it's, it's earnest appeal. You know, when someone makes an appeal. You know, when, when somebody is going and, and standing out wanting to, to make a case for something, to want, wanting to stand in the gap. Uh, but there's, there's, there's this picture of being earnest. You know, there's an intensity to it. It's not passive. Um, it's another way we can put it. I love this. It's compassionate involvement. You know, we can, we can see a very touching commercial on TV about some need, some kind of brokenness, and, and it can, it can um, generate compassion in us. A lot of times those commercials, though, they're like, all right, now that I've stirred your compassion, either volunteer or, or sow funds or do something, you know? Um, so the idea of, of intercession, let's think about it. It's earnest appeal and it's compassionate involvement. And, you know, it may, may need to be that we say, Lord, give us your heart. Help us to see what you see because then his compassion will become our compassion. Can you say Amen. Uh, uh, Ian Bounds that I, I referenced earlier, he said, prayer must be broad in its scope. It must plead for others. Intercession for others is the hallmark of all true prayer. You know, when, when we look at uh, the, the Lord's Prayer, when the disciples said, teach us how to pray, our Father in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come. And your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, that, 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 that's an appeal for, for uh, his kingdom coming uh, and, and advancing. Where does it advance? It advances in the hearts of men and women. It advances in lost souls that become found when they meet Christ. Right? And that, that's a picture of intercession. So, so literally to intercede is to go between. Inter is between, cider, uh, uh, however we would pronounce, you know, in the original there, uh, means to go. So literally, to intercede is to go between. It's to stand in the gap. And isn't that the picture? We're, we're a royal priesthood. Isn't that what the priest would do? Would go between God and the people and be that instrument of reconciliation for them. So let's look at a biblical basis for intercession. If you're, uh, you know, taking some notes here, I just, I'm going to go through several scriptures that talk about intercession in various pictures. And, and I also want to um, just on the front end here acknowledge, you know, uh, with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the church and the fact that God's desire for the New Testament church is for us to be filled with the Spirit and for, for the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation, there is a, a ministry of intercession. You know, where there are people who their ministry calling is literally to a prophetic ministry of intercession. Um, but with that being said, we need to acknowledge that every believer is called to the ministry of intercession. Amen? So everybody might not quite operate in that prophetic um, uh, ministry of intercession, that, that, that kind of high special calling, but we all do have a high calling to be those that go between, go, those that uh, have compassionate um, uh, 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 participation, right? So in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, Paul says to Timothy, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people 
for kings and for all those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. So uh, again, a variety of prayers are listed out here, but this prayer of intercession for us to stand in the gap on behalf of all those that are in positions of authority. Romans 15.30 tells us, Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to join in my struggle by praying to God for me. Do this because of your love for me given to you by the Holy Spirit. You know, so Paul is saying, I'm, I'm looking for you to stand in the gap for me, you know, and, and, and do it because of your love for me. There's that, that compassionate, you know, that, that, that earnest appeal. We, we love, we have compassion, we're invested. That same verse in the message, Romans 15:30. I have one request, dear friends, pray for me. Pray strenuous, strenuous, uh, sorry, strenuously with and for me. To God the Father, through the power of our Master, Jesus, through the love of the Spirit, that I will be delivered from the lion's den of unbelievers in Judah. So when we look at this portion of Scripture in its context, he's, he's looking for earnest appeal, intercession, you know, standing in the gap for him, you know, as he's in this, this spiritual battle to see people, to see the kingdom advance, to see people meet the Lord. Back in Numbers in the Old Testament in 16, Verses 47 and 48, Aaron did as Moses told him and ran out among the people. The plague had already begun to strike down the people, but Aaron burned the incense. And we know that's always a picture of prayer, right? That burning of the incense uh, is, is a picture of prayer for us. Uh, so he burned the incense and purified the people. He stood between the dead and the living and the plague stopped. Can you say amen, church? Our, our, our job as believers, one of our jobs as believers is to care, to carry God's heart and compassion enough that we would live in a place where we would stand between the dead and the living. Amen. Psalm 2.8 says, only ask and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the whole earth as your possession. And some might say, well, that, that's, a, that's a prophecy for Messiah. Yes, it is. But we're the body of Christ. Right? We're part of his body. You know, so we, we, we're, the, we're the ones to go. While he is at the right hand of the Father, we are his bride to go on his behalf. And what is God's heart? Ask, dare to ask, and I'll give you the nations. Oh, man. Glory to God. Yeah, that was John Knox, right? When John Knox looked at, you know, uh, his, his people in Scotland, you know, and his cry was, Give me Scotland lest I die. Talk about earnest appeal. Talk about full-hearted investment. You know, so loving on God's behalf. Uh, Romans eight seventeen. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. So again, this, this whole picture here that we are heirs with him, we go on his behalf, we speak with his authority, and we're to go out in this battle. And there will be sharing in the glory and sharing in the suffering as we do that. So uh, for tonight, I, I wanted to lean in a little bit. You know, when we talk about intercession for the lost, that could be family members, that could be neighbors, that could be, uh, you, you know... Um, uh, in our neighborhood, on, on our, in our nation, our leaders, so forth. Um, but I want to talk here now. I want to look at some scriptures in, in light of this picture of ask of me and I'll give you the nations. 
And I want to talk for a minute on four very practical biblical things that we can pray uh, when we intercede. Now again, remember, I'm not... As I give you these, these biblical things that we can pray, everybody knows, right? I'm not putting you in a box. These aren't the only four things you can pray. These aren't the way to intercede. They are a way. Amen? You know, and ultimately, when, when we get before God and we look at these different biblical pictures, you know, it's, Holy Spirit, what are you showing me? Holy Spirit, what are you putting on my heart? Where should I focus in? But, but what we have the advantage of in looking at something like this this evening, rather than, you know, rather than just saying, Lord, bless them. Lord, you know their need, I don't. Lord, just touch them. You know, I, I'm not saying that those prayers aren't effective, but what if we have four very specific targeted things that the Lord gave us in Scripture that we, we could pray for them? That probably would, would uh, be a little more potent of, of prayer that we could pray. Right? Would you agree? Amen? All right, so the so first thing we can pray for for the nations is open doors. And again, certainly that, that these aren't things that can be limited, limited to the nations, but I, I just, I don't want to get away from that picture of ask of me and I'll give you the nations. Um, man, that's what Mark and Gabby and their family and the others that are joining them are doing. You know, they're saying, okay, there's the, the most unreached, most difficult soil we're asking of you, Lord. Give us those nations, those tribes and nations and peoples. All right, so, uh, so for open doors, what are the open doors for? Uh, to spread the gospel. Open doors to spread the gospel. Isn't it interesting, you know, our, our beloved Daniel uh, Min, and Menorah McCarty, uh, Happy Family Ministries, we've been standing with them for, for since the beginning, right? And uh, they have been in the Philippines, they have been in Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam, uh, but the, the centerpiece of the outpouring of their work has been in Burma. Uh, and as we look over the years, there have been seasons of time where the ground has just been hard ground, where uh, the, the government and the environment and the climate has just been so hostile to the gospel that it's been an inch at a time and an inch at a time. And, and then I don't know if, you, if, if, no, if you remember a few years back when Daniel came and he said something extraordinary has happened in Burma that never happened before. Uh, the, the woman that got elected president, first of all, the, the wicked, corrupt uh, militia government uh, got thrown out. Uh, democratic elections happened and a Christian got elected. And, and it, yeah, glory to God for it. Amen. Amen. I mean, they, they had Christmas celebration uh, that, that was on the radio and TV and the things that he was saying. These things never happened there before. Um, but this is, you know, the prayer for open doors. God, that you would open the doors, that the gospel would go forward. And, and yet, if we've been keeping up with, with Daniel, and even when he was here last time, uh, there was a coup that happened. Uh, she was uh, imprisoned and taken out of, out of her position. There's been civil war and bloodshed, and that door slammed shut. And they were persecuting Christians, you know, and, and, and just different seasons and climates. And it's important for us to pray for God to open the doors and then be mobilized to move when God has those doors open. Because when they open, they might not necessarily be open uh, indefinitely, you know. Uh, in Colossians 4, 2, and 3, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. 
So that was Paul while he was in prison, you know, asking the Colossians to be praying, you know, the open door for the message so that the gospel can go forward. So I didn't necessarily... uh, pre-intend to give us some great prayer points for Mark and Gabby before they come on Sunday, but these are great things for us to take in and to be praying for them and our other missionaries as well. So we pray for open doors for the spread of the gospel, and then also the Word talks about praying for open minds to receive the gospel. So open doors that the gospel may go forth, open minds that people would receive the gospel. In Acts 26, starting at the second half of verse 17 into 18, says, I'm sending you to them. And, and by the way, who's Paul referring to? Who's the them? It's the lost. To open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. How awesome, huh? So sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. So we want to pray for open doors. We want to pray for open minds. But how many know, right? Christianity, we don't get saved in our mind, right? We get saved in our hearts. So that's the, that's the third area is open hearts. So, so that they would be able to, you know, receive and discern open hearts that they would embrace the gospel. You know, that they would hear and that they would embrace. In 2 Corinthians 4, 6 for God who said, let light shine out of darkness has made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. So again, these are great verses. This is a great verse. And again, this is not something that we have to pray uh, for, for nations, you know, halfway around the world. These are things that we can pray for our neighbors and we can pray for, you know, our nation to pray for our state, right? These are, you know, oh Lord, make your light shine in the hearts of the lost and give light of the knowledge of your glory displayed in the face of Christ. Let people see, let people experience the risen Savior. Tracking with me? Amen? Amen? All right. Uh, And then the fourth thing we can pray for is open heavens. That's what Cynthia was, you know, and Jim were leading out in worship that, you know, uh, open heavens, God come and move and change and Holy Spirit fall on us and, and move in us. And so open heavens to reveal the gospel. And for this one, I'm going to Isaiah 45, 8. Open up, O heavens, and pour out your righteousness. Let the earth open wide to salvation. Uh, uh, Open wide so salvation and righteousness can sprout up together. Man, we see all this ugly stuff going on in the world, right? You know, and the the violence and the shootings. And, you know, I mean, there there seems to be current, you know, every time we turn around, there's a new current thing to look at. What what a beautiful prayer to pray over America, right? Over our state. Lord, open up the heavens, pour out your righteousness. Let, Let New Jersey open up wide so salvation and righteousness can spring up together. Wouldn't it be beautiful for people to say, I don't know what to do with what's happening. You know, and for the church to be able to say, oh, you're seeing righteousness and salvation. They're springing up together, right? The Bible talks about streams in the desert, streams in the, in the dry places. So are you tracking with me so far? 
Yeah, amen? Amen, so we, we have this privilege, this opportunity to be people that will go between. Yes, there is a, a, a ministry of intercession that, that will have a different look to it, a, a prophetic ministry of intercession where, you know, we have folks that are called and, and we have a team of intercessors here at the church. That's not a come sign up if you'd like to intercede, but God says sign up. To, to the intercession we're talking about here today because everybody is called to intercede. Amen? You know, and, and there's something, I tell you what, if you're going through it, if you're having a tough time walking out the walk with God, you know, beginning to invest in going in between the living and the dead, investing in God's heart and compassion for the world around us, it will change the way we live. Right? Right? You know, sometimes saying no to the, to the thoughts, mindsets, attitudes, actions, habits, things that, that God says to say no to, sometimes the answer is to find the bigger yes to say yes to. You know, and the enemy would lie to people and say, well, you can't, you can't intercede. You can't pray for New Jersey to be saved. Look at how you live. Look at what you think. Look at what you said on the road when you got cut off. You know, all these different things that happen, right? You know, but, but no, God is, this is the ministry that God has called every one of his children to, which means we all have the authority to walk these things out. You know, uh, an, another a neat quote, this, this is from F.B. Meyer. He said, we often wonder at Luther, who spent three hours each day in prayer and meditation. At Bishop Andrews, spending the greater part of five hours each day in fellowship with God. At John Welsh, who thought a day was ill-spent, which did not include eight or ten hours of closet communion. It seems to us as if such prolonged praying must have involved an endless monotony of vain repetitions. We forget that when men are sent to the market with a host of commissions from their neighbors and friends, they must needs tarry longer than when they go only for themselves. <clears throat> it would be a very wholesome thing if the causes of others were to detain us more constantly before the Lord. That was a long quote, but did you catch what he was saying? You know? And, and I've done that, right? How many have done that during COVID? You went shopping for your neighbor, for, you know, for somebody else, and man, you, you tarried long. If, if you go to my shop, right, way longer than you ever want to tarry. You know, it's just kind of the way it is, you know? But, you know, the whole point here is when we start thinking about nations, when we start thinking about peoples, when we start looking at our state. That's why, church, I got to tell you a little side note here. That's why I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely love that, that 40-day prayer book that that we oftentimes, we didn't do it this last year because we were preparing for the, the sacred assembly. But that little prayer book that we gave out, I love that book so much. And, and, and you know, honestly, just to be real honest, the, the feedback that I would get is, well, it's kind of dry. It's not, it, it's just, it's, it's just stuff. It's like a book of stuff, you know? And, and for me, I think that's why I love it. Because when we looked in that book, there were, there were prayers to pray for revival. We literally would, over those days, pray for the, all the nations on the planet. And then we would have a people group in our community that we may never think to pray for. Maybe we do pray for, like, the teachers in the schools. But how often do we pray for teachers? 
You know, we think of praying for those in government more because, you know, that's kind of a little more prominent in front of us. And we pray for the military. We have different holidays that make sure we don't forget, you know, to honor and to pray. And, you know, but um, praying for gangs, praying for broken homes, praying for homes where there's addiction. You know, uh, all different groups of people in our community. Uh, That's what I love. That is like, it's not that um, we want to pray vain repetitions of of what's in those book, in, in that booklet. It's that that booklet begins to show us the various rich ways that we can specifically pray for folks, you know? You know, like, like for instance, uh, somebody who says, uh, so I'll just say, and you put yourself in my shoes and, and, and think about this example your way. You know, um, somebody saying, Father, bless Pastor Jim, just bless him. I'll take it and I thank you for it, I truly do. But I tell you what, when, when it's Lord blesses marriage, Lord touches kids, help his kids be in love with you, I, I, I'm, I, I can't can't put into words the gratitude of, Lord, I pray that you'd put a hedge of protection around him and his family. Lord, he looks weighed down today. Lord, take whatever that weight is. Lord, move, touch that, right? I'm saying put yourself in your family, your, your needs, your areas, how much more, you know, I've, tr- I've been trying to more and more get in the habit of doing this, um, uh, to, to try to, in a conversation, say, so how can I be praying for you? You know, and then, and then, come on, actually pray the prayer, right? That's <laughs> what you say, you know, instead of it being like a, see you later, like, hey, praying for you, you know, but actually make, making sure, um, you know, that we're praying through. You, you, you catching what I'm talking about with this? So uh, I'm not trying to get us into legalism. I'm not, I'm not trying to bog us down with things. As a matter of fact, I don't know, maybe this is a little bit of a commercial that, that'll get us a little primed for the next time we go back through and we do that, that, uh, you, you know, it would always kick off on um, uh, when Lenten season would start toward Resurrection Sunday and it would end Palm Sunday. But just to then really look forward to, oh man, here's all these different ways that that I can be praying specifically for groups of people. So rather than just praying, God, God, save my neighborhood. You know, now, now there's all these different facets of things that are going on. Or Lord, uh, touch the nations. You know, we can literally look at the nations. And, and actually, they've put a companion app with this thing now where we can look at the kind of religion that's there. We can look at the type of government that's there and really begin. You know, it's like when I was praying, my prayer, uh, going back to Timothy there, pray for everybody in positions of authority. You know, for years that prayer was, Lord, uh, bless those that lead our nation. Then, Lord, bless those in our federal government. Bless those in our state government. You know, that's a little better, you know. But then I got to, Lord, Lord, would you move on President Biden? Would you work in his life? God, would you heal the man? Would you, would you help him come to know you? Would you let him know your heart? Lord, for Kamala Harris, Lord, would you move upon her? Lord, they have advisors that influence their decisions. Touch their advisors. God, take their cabinet. They have a cabinet that they do all of their work with in that executive branch. Lord, touch those cabinet members. 
save them. Lord, if there's anybody that is saved in, in any of these places, God, encourage and strengthen their heart. Pour your Holy Spirit on them. Come on, can you say amen? So, so we're, we're leaning in a little more focus. And, and don't hear me like I, I'm... Any prayer that we pray, we're, we're, we're getting moving. But, you know, then, then realizing there's a legislative branch, there's senators, there's a house of representatives. There's actually people with names in those different areas that I can find out, you know. And then, you know, the, the Supreme Court, there's justices of the Supreme Court, you know. So anyway, uh, all of this, what, what I'm just saying here is, is when we're looking at intercession, uh, Holy Spirit will give us things to pray for, which is super awesome as we listen. I'm just giving us some practical biblical things that we can look at here and these four things that we can pray for, you know, open doors, open minds, open hearts, and so forth. Um, David Hubbard said, when we pray for others, we render them the highest service by treating them with such great dignity that we voice their needs before the throne of the king of the universe. Isn't that beautiful? What dignity do we give to a lost person? when we bring them before the throne of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and ask that God would minister and bring salvation. All right, let's see how we doing. Uh, Four ways that we can get started and keep going uh, in this area of intercession. So uh, first thing is that we can prepare by developing a specific game plan. Now again, I know we're all wired differently, so take these suggestions as springboard opportunities. You know, um, I mean, for me, um, I'm a bit of a geek with things, you know, uh, but I, I have, what, what I mean by that is like, I'll organize a plan. I'll want to like laminate it, right? Pastor Tom, color code it, you know, all these different things, you know, he's, he's the same way, you know, it might be that you're a little more like, you know, literally what works for me is I stop and I get into prayer and I listen and then whatever, whatever Holy Spirit says, I'll work out from there. That's beautiful. That's, that's a well-developed uh, prayer life of intercession. But you know, th- there was a time where I realized in the clutter of life, my intercession for others got so limited and was so narrow. You know, um, have you ever heard people say, let's not make our, play- our prayers bless us for and no more? You know, as we're sitting at table for grace, you know, that's, that's, that's sort of a little bit of a, you know, a punny picture of let's not, um, let's broaden our, our prayer for others. And so what I had started doing is I said, all right, well, you know, um, on Mondays, I'm going to pray for those in authority. You know, on Tuesdays, I'm going to, you know, make sure I go, you know, go into detail on praying for leadership of the church. Wednesdays, I'm going to make sure I focus in on missionaries. Thursdays, uh, I can remember when I added this one in to pray for those who I mentored and those who mentored me to make sure that that got covered on that day. Fridays was evangelism and uh, just, just for the lost in my community, you know, and, and I wasn't chained to that, but guess what? Just by throwing that in as a plan, now there were five different ways of intercession that were going on for others that might get lost in my hecticness just because I didn't have something to aim at. Amen. You know, so, so that's something that we can do. Um, and then a second thing is uh, ask God for a new compassion for, for, for the lost, for those that we would intercede for, for those that God would have us intercede for. 
you know, to reach out their, to their genuine concern. By the way, if you go to voiceofthemartyrs.com, uh, you go to Open Door. Actually, I don't know if it's com or org, but just if you Google Voice of the Martyrs Ministry and Open Doors, uh, with Brother Andrew, you can get prayer alerts, uh, monthly prayer things, weekly prayer things um, uh, on how to be praying. And actually, Voice of the Martyrs will send you a magazine. I read this thing cover to cover because it's, it's, it's all these testimonies of um, believers and the prices they're paying for their, their faith and, and how to pray. It, 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 church, it, it grows my compassion so that I can pray for them more earnestly. You know, um, so those are just two ideas. And uh, I mentioned Dick Eastman from Every Home for Christ. He actually has a world prayer map that he'll send for free, you know, and you can go through and, you know, pray for the nations and stuff. Um, a third thing that we can do, practical thing that we can do to grow intercession in our life is fill our intercession with those four spiritual claims that I just mentioned before. So just bring into our intercession, uh, Lord, open doors, open minds open hearts, and open the heavens. And then uh, fourth, endeavor to include specific countries and their leaders. And again, you know, there's different apps. I think if you download the Open Doors app, I haven't been on there in, in a while. But one thing that Open Doors does, as a matter of fact, when we have our day of prayer for the persecuted church in October, they, they send an updated list of the 50 most persecuted nations on the planet. You know, um, so, and, and you get a little bit of insight of what that persecution looks like, what their government is like, uh, some, some key things to be praying for believers, you know, in those areas. So, so those, those are other things that we can do. So, uh, so the, the call and the challenge and the reminder for us tonight is uh, ju just to be available to the Lord uh, to be people of intercession. You know, and um, you know, I, I don't know about you, but as each day that goes by, there's more and more travesty that's going on around us. And, and isn't it so hope-filling to know that we truly can be the Lord's voice and heart? We, not only can we, but as we said in that last sermon, God's chosen to work on the earth through his people. You know, and so that we can be, you know, uh, I, I believe in this hour more than ever before, God wants to, and God is raising up the body to be a body of intercessors. And here at Grace and Peace, our A, number one target is that we are a people and place of prayer. And, and we've been growing in that beautifully. This is just, just one more um, focus area that I really believe uh, that the Lord wants across our church family where, where we, we take a, uh, whatever the next level is of intentionality to say, I will be one who intercedes. I will be one who stands in the gap. And that's why I got just so practical here tonight. You know, here's a bunch of practical ways where we can take steps. And again, we are a spirit-filled church and we know we want to be led of the spirit. So, so we have four biblical things that we can pray. It's never going to be bad or wrong to pray these biblical things, but ultimately we just want to get into that prayer time and just be sensitive to the, to the leading of the spirit and what he's saying and how he wants us to move uh, in those areas. And then, you know, I, I, I've gotten glimpses and pictures. I know I've shared these things of where the Lord is, is ultimately going to bring us as a church family, where we, where the level of intercession and 
Holy Spirit praying out through us. There's an intensity that will come. Uh, but I believe part of that happening is going to be as we break up the ground behind the scenes, you know, in our own prayer life. And, you know, I thought to myself, I thought, well, Wednesday crowd, you know, that's kind of like preaching to the choir. You know, we're out on a Wednesday night. We love the Lord. We want to go deeper. But, you know, I, I, I thought about it this way. I need to be stirred up and challenged and reminded to not back off my intercession. So I thought, and I'm probably not alone in that. We probably all need to be reminded, especially, you know, the enemy's agenda for all the dark news is to paralyze us. You know, when actually the darker the news gets, the more it should be, you know, uh, you know what the enemy means for evil, you know, that, 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 you know, gas is getting poured on that Holy Spirit fire in our lives that we pray and we intercede and we stand in the gap. And then, God, you know, when we look at it in the natural, man, well, this looks impossible or this looks beyond hope or, or whatever else. That, that's, that's prime, prime conditioning for God to show his majesty and his awesomeness, you know. But um, <laughs> would you agree with me? Our culture is in the process of mastering, tearing to shreds and ripping apart everyone and everything that's wrong, Right? And, and, and don't hear in that that I'm not saying that we shouldn't stand for righteousness because we should. But what I'm saying, though, is, you know, like, let, let me take, for instance, President Biden. If, if we as believers aren't praying for him more than we're criticizing him, we're not, we've not stepped into the calling that God has called us into. That amen just floored me over, church, I got to tell you. That just floored me over. How many know that's absolutely right? It's absolutely right. If we're not praying for him more than we're criticizing him, we have not stepped into the, goal, the calling that God has called us into. That doesn't mean we don't call righteousness righteousness and sin sin, but if we're not standing in the gap there, first, first, prayers, petitions, intercessions, thanksgivings be made for all people, kings and those in positions of authority. Amen. Amen. So there's great opportunity before us in that. And there'll be great anointing that continues to increase because we don't get trapped by the enemy's devices. We're stepping outside of it and, 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 and we're actually truly being able to enforce God's solution. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right, so hey, as we close here this evening, I just want to invite us. I'd love to just invite us to, uh, I wasn't exactly sure how the Lord wanted us to close, but, but during our, our worship time here, I really felt like it's appropriate for us to say, Lord, you know, we talked earlier about needing that compassion. For us to gather at the altar here, I so love what Pastor James did last, uh, last Wednesday night. That was such a beautiful night, and, and we all gathered at the altar, and there was opportunity for laying on of hands, and, and, and you know, what he had said was so true. You know, there's that, that coming together and that praying together is, is just so important. We got to make sure, you know, that last season that we're in really, uh, you, you know, thinned that out, and we want to make sure we get back to it. But, um, but I, I, I would love for us to gather here up front and, and be, being in that proximity of, of, of each other, to be, to be able to say, Lord, we're at this altar, and we'd like for you to give us a burden, a compassion, and a mantle of intercession. Yeah. Amen?
So why don't you stand with me as we close. And again, if you're either newer here or, or coming forward, it's not your thing, please don't feel any kind of compulsion. But, but if your heart is stirred and, and you'd like to agree with me, I would invite you, let's just come down, let's just gather, and, and let's just ask for the Lord to do that this evening. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Bless you, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, God. We love you so much, God. We praise your name. Lord, we do love you so much. Glory to you, God. Glory to you, God. Mm. Glory to you, God. So, Holy Spirit, we bow our hearts. Lord, I recognize that if it wasn't for the intercession of others, in particular, my mother and father, it was those prayers that broke up the ground of my hard heart. And we stand before you because somebody had been praying for us, breaking up that ground so that we would meet you. And Father, we sense here together that you're calling us deeper when it comes to standing in the gap, deeper into standing in prayer on behalf of, Lord, whether it be our brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, but, but even here tonight, Lord, recognizing standing on behalf of the lost. Lord, just as we saw that picture in, in numbers of Aaron literally standing between the living and the dead. And Lord, things have gotten so intense in our culture that we've lost some degree of, of understanding that our greatest calling, our greatest opportunity as royal priests and kings, as ambassadors for Christ, as sons and daughters of God, is to stand between the living and the dead and to pray for your salvation, to pray for your love to break through, to pray, to pray for blind eyes to be open to pray for wicked people to have a, a uh, Saul of Tarsus encounter with Jesus Christ. God, we, we come before you tonight on our own behalf asking that you would pour upon us a fresh, a fresh touch of your spirit. Pour out upon us, we ask, Holy Spirit. And we ask that there would be a fresh burden for the world around us. Lord, let there be a fresh compassion. Jesus, we read so much in the Gospels how you were moved with compassion and you healed them. You were moved with compassion and you fed them. Lord, give us your eyes, give us your heart. And Lord, we acknowledge we're, we're in an environment that is wanting to make us just so hostile, hostile, 
So Lord, help us walk that line to be bold, courageous, righteous, fearless, And when, when we would see those that would call us enemies, that we would love them and have compassion on them, God. By your spirit, we don't know how to do that. Forgive me where I've, I've not been there. Forgive me where it's been easier to be angry at, where it's been easier to do stuff in the flesh. And I thank you that you are raising up in your body those that would intercede. Lord, even as we talked in this, this uh, service about that mantle of intercession, thank you that you are raising up prophetic intercessors as well. So we just yield to you, Holy Spirit. And we receive by faith a fresh mantle. We pray that you would um, stir our hearts. Lord, convict and challenge us to action. Lord, recognizing that as we would leave this place, the enemy's assignment would be to completely distract us from what you're calling us to here tonight. So may we be delivered from that. May we be able to walk past that and beyond that. And, and walk in, into greater and greater lifestyle of interceding of loving, of caring, of your heart. And we, we stand on behalf of our, our church family, our whole church family, and pray this as well, Lord, that you would knit this into, uh, in this season, into our church family. And so church, while we're just receiving and believing for this, let's just uh, go ahead and... Um, you know, even as Jim and Cynthia were leading us, you know, chains, fall, fear, bow, here, now. Um, let's take up the challenge that as we would sing that, that chorus in the future, that we would stand in the gap. Let's, let's make that here, that here now, let's make that Ocean County. Let's make that chains fall. And, and as we're declaring that, that our, our heart and our faith is chains fall here in Ocean County. Fear bow throughout Ocean County. Here now, Jesus changes everything in this county. Amen. Amen. New Jersey. Yep. Yep. Just, just let, letting that be, you know, I mean, hey, we, we pray for ourselves. We pray for our own needs. We have our own stuff too. But, but remembering then to pray beyond as well. And just while we're gathered here, uh, just, just in our just remaining couple of moments, let's remember, Lord, we thank you for the nations that we are uh, partnered to see the, the work of the gospel and the kingdom go forward. Lord, we do pray for Mark and Gabby as they're preparing to embark on this, uh, these gateway, these 50 gateway cities throughout the 1040 window. And we pray that you would prepare the hearts of those, those folks there. Lord, we pray for Mark and Gabby and their team. And Lord, we do pray that you would open doors for them in each city, each of the 50 cities that they go to. Lord, that you would open the doors. And Lord, we pray even now that you would open the minds of people, that their minds would be uh, open to receive what you would do. Yes, lift the veil. <laughs> That's the message next time. Amen. Amen. 
Lord, that you'd open their hearts, that you'd soften hearts to embrace the gospel. And Lord, let it be that there would be open heavens over these nations. God, we pray. Lord, we think of the, uh, the other uh, missionaries that we stand with. We think of India Inland Mission. We think of Nepal. We think of the other work that goes on in India. We thank you for Fabian and, and all that happens in Iraq. Lord, we, we do pray these things for those nations as well. Lord, open doors. We ask that you would open doors as, as COVID did so much closing down. We pray that there would be open doors. And, and Lord, we thank you for Fabian's testimony that through the internet, the doors opened wide. So we pray that there would continue to be those open doors as well. And Lord, each place where, where we are involved, Lord, we thank you uh, for what you're doing in Israel. Lord, we thank you for the work that's going on in Africa. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Lord, for Thailand, we thank you for what you're doing in Thailand, for Burma. Lord, thank you that you're pulling them to the other side of this mess with this, this military uh, bunch of brutes. God, thank you. You're getting them out of the way. Lord, we just give you such thanks. Lord, we pray for those that we stand with on the college campuses here in New Jersey. Lord, that there would be open doors as well. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Mm. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so, Father, oh, would you pour out your spirit in our neighborhoods? Lord, we think of our neighbors. We think of our own individual, the neighbors on our left, neighbors on our right, our neighbors across the street. Lord, that you would touch their minds. Pray that that veil would be taken down in the name of Jesus for revelation and truth and understanding and that their hearts would be soft. Lord, we pray that you'd bring other laborers of the harvest across their paths. Lord, that they would so recognize that you are chasing them down with your love and your hope and your salvation. God, let it be so. Let it be so. Lord, for unsaved loved ones, thank you that their hearts are softening to you. Lord, thank you for the seeds that have been sown. Lord, we pray that you would continue to minister to their hearts. Continue to minister to their hearts, oh God. We thank you, Lord. Father, as we close this service this evening, we are, we are so in reverence and awe of you. And, and Lord, we're in such recognition that we can't just go out and 
manufacture a heart to intercede. But thank you, you live in us. And so we are trusting you that we are leaving truly with a fresh burden and a fresh mantle. Oh, in the mighty name of Jesus. And we just give you such thanks, such thanks, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.